This podcast you're about to listen to is a controlled experiment using trained intellectual monkeys. The following episode is one of the infinite debates these monkeys have had. Remember that these are the opinions of real monkeys and may not reflect the opinions of the highly trained human scientists in charge. And most importantly, no monkeys were harmed in the making of this podcast. How do I start a podcast? I don't even remember. Welcome to the Infinite uh, Monkeys podcast. Uh, yeah. I'm Teo Gady. Joining me today is Tyler Wenzel and uh, Gunnar Leitner. You're forgetting our uh, special guest. And right. Uh, um, welcome to the Infinite Monkeys podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my name's Teo Gady. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I, you do it. <laughs> Welcome I to the Infinite Monkey Podcast. I'm Dale Gady. <laughs> Joining me are Tyler Wenzel, uh, Gunnar Leitner, and his beautiful bearded dragon that's hanging off his chest right now. His name is Mandolin. Actually? Oh, I've, I've, I've just met your bearded dragon for the first time in terms of knowing its name. I just called it Dragon. Yeah, uh, so he has like a name lineage over the past year it's kind of transformed and developed originally he was named charmander and then we shortened it to mando and and now it's uh mandolin interesting so so it's yeah. now like a musical instrument that's pretty yeah. cool well it's uh isn't a mandolin like spell o l i n mandolin he's mandolin oh, okay. Like E L I N, so I think it's like a kitchen tool that like <laughs> that's cool. Chop stuff up really oh, quick. It's the, yeah, the ma- the mandolin <laughs> really is the, dangerous. Uh, shaving of the meat. Fun fact. Yeah, exactly. Right, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah, gonna okay. shave all your knuckles off and kill you. Unless you're wearing chainmail. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> so by the end, so by the end, so by the end, that's by the end of this beauty. podcast, Gunner uh, may no longer have a chest because his chest is gonna be ripped open by a mandolin. A cute if, if we have if we have to make this podcast rated r you will know why um <laughs> today uh it is episode uh zero two six i believe but yeah. before we get into this episode how are you guys doing i haven't seen gunner in three millennia well well other than the fact that we work together so but yes i guess on this platform uh haven't seen each other in a bit. I haven't missed the last one or whatever. Um, yeah, but I'm doing great. I I love how the weather is getting so warm so quickly and the days are like long as fuck now. It doesn't get dark until like 8.30 here. It so also, it's a big change. It also gets like bright and blinding it by 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So the daylight is really nice. It's been, it's but, been needed. 
Gunner, appreciate it. The weather's not a uh, very fascinating of a topic. I really want you to describe your weekly fascination with Billie Eilish that I haven't stopped hearing about. <laughs> please tell me. Oh, I please write me. I just think tell she's me great. an essay on why Billie Eilish is amazing. For, who is Billie? Um, she's like the most popular pop. I don't know what to character characterize her as. She's like kind of poppy, but really like somber. Almost, uh, it's really reminiscent to me of like Lano Del Rey, and I think she's kind of like fills that niche of like that beautiful emo y type of vibe thing. Um, I don't know. I just think her music's weird, and I appreciate the weirdness. She's only like seventeen or something like that, so it's cool to see kids just being able to go out and be weird and people love them for it. It's an encouraging idea at the very least. So, so yeah, that's kind of my, my fascination. The music's weird, and I like it. Cool. Teo, how have you been? I've been pretty good. Just got back from Gabriella Island, uh, staying at my partner's mom's place. It's basically, like, she lives in a, in a tiny house, and she has a cabin, and there's, like, no central heating, and um so it's 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 pretty it's pretty uh it's like half camping <laughs> and uh so it's, oh go ahead and you haven't see the, the one thing that i'm thinking about is if you're in the middle of nowhere on an island with absolutely no central heating or anything like that i would get a pretty good sleep because it'd be so dead quiet yeah that that was, uh, it was it was actually really relaxing even though um we did a whole bunch of work while we were there chopping wood and stuff um I had the best sleeps there and that I've had in, in a while. And also, like, it's so rural, so it's it's very dark at night. So no light gets in. Mm, could you see the stars really well? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's really nice. That's so awesome. when are we moving our headquarters to uh, Gabriel Island? Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, That's what you're doing, right? You're building us an empire on the island. Slowly, slow, slowly but surely. Um, we might want to start on another island that's a little bit less less uh populated gabriel is pretty big it's got like three thousand people on it see you tell me pretty big and i'm just like that's just a large area to expand the empire if you start on a small island you don't have very much expansion space and then we have to learn how to do boat technology to get off the island that's true mm-hmm. boat technology. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the issue with going to a populated <laughs> island is that we have to invade it we kind of, or we've or, done that. Like, we've done that before. <laughs> subvert it. Don't have to That's invade true. it. Just subvert we, it. We just get really involved in local politics and rename the island to the infinite, and replace <laughs> Christianity as the uh, um, with with infinitology as the uh, primary religion. We, we could do it. it that it, would take longer. It could work. It might be easier just to, you know, build up an army or something. Get some zealots, you know. <laughs> I thought you were just going to go with like pillage. <laughs> we must go there with our ideologies and just make our own new population to displace the current population. It's, yeah. a, lot, it's a lot easier to raise people under your beliefs than it is to convert them. That's true. Hmm. So, so we just have to make a compound and <laughs> create new people and uh, raise them. Uh, tour. like a Mormon colony. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. We, yeah, we should study up on Mormonism and 
Mormon history and copy them. Um, you know, maybe maybe we can improve in some places. You know, we don't have to just copy them. There are a lot of different approaches that we could take to take over Gabriel Island. I'm I'm all for coastal raiding parties, oh, cool. just const like Viking <laughs> yeah. style. We get a small like island somewhere, and we just regularly go in and bring people. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, <clears throat> nice thing about steal their things, their lawn ornaments. Yeah, I suppose keep it tame at first. The, the, there, there, are, there are no uh, coastal defense um, uh, equipment there. Uh, you know, it was not a strategic point during any war, so you know, we, we could just Isn't walk right on. You know? Isn't there a Canadian naval base like just near there? Yeah, we'd have to get like Esquimal or something. Is that a thing? Maybe well, I'm just making that's where up we get our boats. A couple. Let's just go there, steal some boats. Uh, Pirate style, yeah. nice. We have a skiff. Oh man! We gradually get enough attention until they send a destroyer, and then we raid the destroyer, hijack it, take the destroyer, and now we have a fucking Canadian naval destroyer. I think we can start a little I, island colony. For some reason, I feel like this is good. the this is the real life plot to Pirates of the Caribbean. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Just trade your way up boats until you have like a aircraft carrier, and then no one can fuck with you, or a nuclear submarine. Oh, That's their, those are boat yeah. goals. Ideally, you know, within a few decades, we'll just have like a giant fleet circling the <laughs> island, full of aircraft carriers, and nukes. You know, <laughs> just full full on military r- religious state. Be beautiful. <laughs> there is potential that we could even do this legally, like that 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 one story where the guy, like, you know, that guy who had like, uh, it was like, what is it? He had a quarter, and he eventually traded it up for like a car. We did I think it was a house. Oh yeah, then he went from the I think house. He got to a house. Then he, then he got to a house. We should just do that. And I think he started with like a fucking paperclip. Like <laughs> we should just do that until we get to an aircraft carrier. <laughs> huh. A, uh, I un- like this idea a lot. Unmanned attack drone. Let's do it. And uh, you know well, that's how. Uh, oh, go ahead. That's how the Lord awarded it. Nicholas Cage, like he he slowly just like traded up, and then he had a whole fleet of airplanes. We're going the naval approach. So all right, copying the Mormons, copying Nick Cage, and <laughs> perfect. Well, interesting. We need to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, there I don't think there's ever been BC pirates. Like like piracy on the BC coast. So Canadian Navy wouldn't see it coming. So we already have we it's an easy trademark then. <laughs> Just yeah. blindside them because it's never happened yeah. before. Yeah. They they just like send the ferry at us or something. Yeah, they're expecting like the Caribbean or like Somalia. Yeah. No. Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> Like I think I'm pretty sure they dismantled their coastal defense areas. Like, Jesus, that doesn't sound good. Well, s- some of them. Shouldn't anyway. we have something? Like, uh, I, w- I was walking through. We um, have the Coast Napoleon. Guard. <laughs> okay, I guess we have been massively defunded. <laughs> Thanks, Trudeau. <laughs> Damn Trudeau. Yeah, it's responsible for everything. 
He's the Trump of the North. So speaking of uh, <laughs> Trudeau and him being the Trump of the North, Teo, what's our topic today? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> That's your segue. Let's go. Uh, well, you know, so yeah, it's a, it's a great lead in Tyler. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, well, yeah, I was reflecting earlier today, actually, that, uh, um, you know, it sort of w- w- when Trudeau was elected, um, <laughs> there is a, there is a, uh, he was, he was, he was elected, um, by, you know, popular vote and, and everything i'm pretty sure like like he was pretty popular you could say that um it was it was uh kind of the conventional thing to do you know to 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 vote for trudeau you know i remember like all, all my friends were like yeah liberals right that's good idea and similarly with trump you could argue that um when 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 uh uh, okay, well, similarly, but opposite with Trump. <laughs> um, so when during the 2016 election with Hillary and Trump, um... <laughs> I'm applauding you for the attempt. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I would like to talk about <laughs> conventionalism <laughs> and um, pr- particularly uh, what it means to be to, to live life conventionally um, and what, you know, yeah. What does it mean? And is it good under what value system? Is it good or bad? You know? Um, and I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really sure where, where, I, where, I, where I, where I stand on it. And I'm not really sure how to define what uh, being a conventional person uh, is. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I guess I guess just starting off, what do what do, do, do either of you have something that comes to mind when you think of a conventional person? What is conventionalism? Conventionalism. Conventionalism is like, well, I mean, I guess we could look it up, get a nice formal definition. But what I mean by conventionalism is like sort of following the herd, doing what majority what the majority of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, conventionalism so do you consider it doing what is expected of you is that like a conventional person yeah that that's that's i'm not sure actually i'm not sure if it's doing what's expected or doing what's expected in an expected way you know (laughs) Doing what's societally expected, or I guess expected by society is a better way right. to put it. Like like most people, and I guess it's really dependent on where you live, but most people in North America are kind of fed the narrative that you need to settle down, find a stable job, have a wife and kids, get a nice little house somewhere, raise your family, and... Uh, grow old and and retire at some point yeah, and die. Yeah, I'd say that that's a conventional attitude on how to live your life. Um yeah. Seems to be. Uh I have the uh definition 
Wikipedia definition of conventionalism. Conventionalism is the philosophical attitude that fundamental principles of a certain kind are grounded on agreements in society rather than on external reality. It's kind of abstract. But uh, basically that uh, fundamental principles um, that you use to uh, like um, live your life or do do things in life um, should be grounded on the uh, grounded on um, what other people think is good does that so it's sort of majority rule principles does that make it like democratic morality because it's because it's based on whatever your with whatever the majority of the society you're in believes in but not within the context of any external force making it entirely democratic morality sounds like it that's pretty cool yeah in a way it's democratic but democracy implies more transparency i think so it's like almost just tacit approval of certain norms and and ways of behaving and stuff like that that i don't know if we ever really talk about many of like the conventions that people do but like it's it's very like time dependent where you are specific kind of thing so it's it's to me it's like a yeah a un undiscussed or under discussed kind of um uh way of yeah kind of agreeing on what to do and and how to do it by society seems like right cuz like democracy we talk about it people have a discussion we vote it's it's kind of like we know what the results are whereas th- conventionalism it might not be that a majority of the people support Mm. a conventional lifestyle if we were to have a transparent vote um it might be like 20 percent of people agree with having a conventional lifestyle whereas we'd never had that like outward like overt discussion towards it so i don't know if if yeah whether or not it's kind of like an interpreted and and supposed kind of imagined uh, agreement on how to behave, or if we actually all do agree that that is how we should behave that, and live our lives. Point. It, it, it does seem like conventionalism is sort of assumed. Like it's not. It, it, it does seem Sorry, that what, uh, conventional things are assumed. Like uh, like you don't don't necessarily think about them. You don't decide to do them. You don't decide to, to be conventional, really, in the same way that, as you as you're saying, that, that you would um, voting for a party or something. So, 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 are you thinking that maybe um, if we could vote for our norms, <laughs> um, you know, like is holding the door open for another person good, <laughs> that kind of thing, uh, we, we might be surprised uh, with with the results. I would suspect that, but not for certain things. Like I, I think that generally, I don't know, maybe a majority of people don't feel this way, but I feel like generally a majority of people feel like uh, treating people kindly and, and compassionately is, is a better thing to do. Um, but like 
like one thing that I'm thinking about right now is is how and like I don't mean to be all hippie and shit, but um how how we just kind of do war to people. And we've never really had a vote, like a democratic vote on whether or not we want to be a society that like does war to people. And I'm not like thinking Canada so much, but but definitely like the states they just kind of do that. And I have this feeling that a majority of the people don't agree with that way of like, especially as a nation state to that, that is their convention that they just kind of do that kind of thing. So like, if you were to have this kind of open-ended agreement, I think, or open-ended like discussion where people are like, these are certain rules how you want to behave, I think that they would probably fly in the face of how governments have been telling us how to behave, how governments have been uh, representing us, because I don't think that the American people are represented very well by their government and how it behaves in the world. Um, and so I think like there's there's kind of those aspects to aspects to it that I, yeah, I think there would be some surprises, like maybe... I can't think of of something off the top of my head, but I think like things that we just kind of let slide, like war, for example, countries doing war to other people and stuff like that for no good reason. Um, I think we would kind of get a better idea of how people feel about that stuff if we ever actually had an, had a say and got to vote on something like that. But like it even applies to how you behave personally, like whether or not you're going to slam a door on an old lady or something like that. I don't know. Tyler, do you have any thoughts? I have many thoughts. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I don't know if any of them are coherent. Um, but I find it interesting only because I feel like, yes, well, if you voted on something, it might, we might be really surprised at the outcome. Um, but just with, with how it is, with how society functions now with this conventionalism, that it leads to very chaotic and very quick movements of values. Um, so, so for example, the, 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 the very large one that, I think people would be very surprised what the actual um, support is, is the idea that people create these social media echo chambers uh, quite frequently. Um, and then they essentially block anyone or mute anyone who doesn't have the same values with no discussion, which lends itself to a lot of situations whereby uh, you have essentially social media mobs uh, attacking companies or, peop or people, attacking people directly by attacking their job to hopefully get them fired and try to be like, well, this is the only way to make things actually change in the industry is to attack someone and get them fired versus, you know, conventionally how it's been done for forever with actual protests or whatever. And, and because social media is such a new thing, pe uh, companies tend to respond very quickly to that and usually a negative light. Um, 
and so and so in terms of like conventionalism we went from kind of thing things being a lot more like before kind of the internet i felt i i feel like values changed a lot slower um so if we like it took 50 years or whatever pro it takes more than 50 years for 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 you know women to get rights and black people to get uh equal rights and uh these things um and then it kind of seemed in the even up until 2008 internet kind of sucked i don't even i think this like this is just kind of 2008 or 2007 was kind of when facebook was starting to develop and twitter was starting to develop um so right around 2009 2010 when you had social social media platforms take hold which historically didn't happen so you had twitter facebook and instagram have been the main three before that when the internet was being formed it was the social media platform was continually changing like you had nixopia you had myspace you had live journal you had uh irc chat you had msn you had all these uh, different platforms that people would bounce between very very rapidly um and now that you have these uh, social media platforms values have drastically radically changed within these last 10 years um where where you you were now talking about things like um uh equal pay uh sexual harassment uh black people still being oppressed uh you should never make any sort of comment even for comedy with any bad taste um undertone um and going back to the conventionalism if you do make those comments people this conventionalistic idea has led essentially what i think to these mob attacks of oh look everyone else in quotations is doing it so therefore i'm going to also attack them because that's the only way to get things changed but i find that people forget that even though social media might have a million people on it the population is seven billion people and you're not getting any sort of majority idea or majority opinion for that but you take it for granted that hey there's a lot of numbers flying at me or a lot of people right. having this one idea um and also people are more radically negative than they are radically positive so it, you get a lot more people saying criticizing <laughs> than you get them supporting um and then this just kind of creates a a, a scenario whereby everyone assumes those numbers are correct and that's how you get things done. And um, I think that a lot on a lot of those ideas, if you actually took a representative, um, stratif randomized stratified survey, half half these ideas would not be supported, or like not as majority as they think okay. they are. Yeah. Um, so th I think there's one really important thing, and it kind of like it started occurring to me um midway through that talk that it's this can't be a democratic decision because democracy is essentially by definition a tyranny of the majority and so if unless 
you always have a majority of people supporting some choice, whatever that may be, whether that may be transgender rights or racial equality or, or anything like that. Like these are kind of ways that the society and social media has, has especially transgender stuff, um, society and social media has kind of been fast forwarded through kind of their acceptance, I think. And, and it's, it's mainly because they've been so vocal, but it's, it's well understood that they don't make anywhere near a majority of the people. And when they started doing this all, like trying to be uh, treated like with some goddamn respect for once, um, they, they got loud and then they made their point, but then people started to uh, support them. And I don't even know if like, like in certain areas in the world, you would obviously pull them and they wouldn't support it. So if you're going to extrapolate to the entire world, 7 billion people, I don't know if 7 billion people or 3, 4 billion people would, would be like, oh yeah, let's support transgender rights because that's not something either that's in their realm of interest or, or whatever. So the whole idea that it needs to be democratic can't exist because that just enables people to really shit on uh, like minority groups and, and groups of that, that aren't, uh, you know, represented within the majority of people. Like if you're only 1% of the population and everybody is shitting on you, like you're, you're not going to get the support ever if you're not allowed to voice your complaints and then get that support and, and gradually change so, society so that guess, way. Um, so I don't, yeah. I don't know what the point I was trying to make. Please make one for me, too. So, so I guess moral progress isn't really built up or initiated using democracy, but rather uh, solidified. Like, like there's no. Like, I don't even be out, outrageous if, uh, like the, um, if, if if gay marriage went the other way in the states. Like now, now it's now it's legal. It's fine. I think in a way it's also like, I think it's more to Gunnar's point. I think it's a false, a false demo democracy whereby it, it has the illusion of being democracy, but there is, I think it's fair to say there is legitimately zero democracy in there. It's just the appearance of democracy and majority. But that's the whole point of my thing is yeah, that it's not, it that, that's why I'm calling false be democratic because like, but like to even like I, I don't know it's 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 something along the lines of like you'll you'll never be able to to uh, move anything forward if you don't get things into the forefront of people's minds and imaginations right and so like false democracy it doesn't it doesn't suggest to me that there's any majority support of it. Because that's not the way that we should look at treating people. We shouldn't treat people like, I'm only going to do what the majority of people think is right, because I think that's a fucked up way to do things. I think you should just, no matter what, behave a certain way that is like respectful of people and all that. Um, and maybe that's like my conventional thinking. But I feel like that's how not a majority of people feel, right? 
So if we were going to have a vote today and or tomorrow or whatever, like the whole idea that it has to be democratic, that it has to uh, require a majority support is just a false flag in the first place because you shouldn't need, you know, three, three and a half billion people's consent to treat people like humans. You should just treat people like humans and, and, and be nice to one another. With, with our combined uh, three psychology degrees that we have, um, <laughs> I, uh, I was thinking when Gunnar was talking is I, this is my hype. I have a hypothesis of why social media could possibly facilitate ideas and movements faster than um, historically they've been done. And is, is it possible that what ends up happening with people with oppressed ideas that they realize that some people are trying to make some sort of campaign on social media therefore they they think it's an easy way to communicate with people who have the same idea of you um so like if it was just you know out in your city it's 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 hard to one you're not anonymous two it's hard to uh join that movement or say because you might live in a different city whereas twitter you could literally just have any idea that you possibly want to push go find someone on it um that's pushing the same idea and then if you're if you have this um feeling of oppression it entices you to sign up for social media to find those movements to continue being vocal about those movements it's like i'm thinking that 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 is kind of why it is a why you get a very large vocal minority because i feel like there's a lot of these there's a lot of these ideas but you know i go walk down the street in a very um catholic christian city um and i'll get homophobic slurs thrown at me for whatever reason, all day long. Um, so it's, 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 yeah, it's not a majority, but it gives you a place to find people who have the same opinion. And then because um, not many people are on social media frequently, like I think combined, again, we all make one person on social media. It's not even really representative at all. Also, like there's a lower activation energy for engaging on social media. Yeah, um, compared to very easy to send that tweet. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy, or like a post or something, or, or like a hundred posts. <laughs> um, like, yeah. can I just mention like how easy it is to buy oh. likes and and so like you can just get like farms of like robots essentially they're just people with like a thousand phones in front of them and they get paid like a dollar an hour and they'll just like all your shit and and so if you're like slurring hate or something like that this person's not putting any thought into liking your things they don't genuinely like what you think you've just paid them to 
click a button. And so they're clicking a button. So it's really funny, too, because you can see something that's completely awful and hateful or, or something. And then it has like 10,000 likes. How is that possible? Well, maybe 8,000 of those are like robots. And then 2,000 people saw that there was 8,000 likes on it. And we're like, oh, shit, there must be a lot of support for these views. I may as well bandwagon onto that because I vaguely support some semblance of that ideology or something like that. Like, that's a huge problem on social media. And they, I know that they do purges all the time, but it's always a problem. Right. So even even the even engagement on social media is cheapened, uh, like further because of that. With so you shouldn't choose social media to uh, choose on how to live your life. You shouldn't be getting your morals from social media. That's the like the <laughs> what I'm getting from this because a it's very easy to misrepresent people's ideas and. B, it's it's really easy to just get fake accounts to like your shit so that you can have supposed support for something, but in reality it's just robots and, and not even a part of the conversation like people that are actually having the I, conversation. So I have two I have yeah. two questions, uh which I usually do when I start these random monologues. Um but with on this idea of morality, um, and and I, I kind of see this theme where Gunner has a very similar um, state sentiment as I do with morality and on things, and it's and it's literally reducted down to almost one statement. It's like, don't be a shitty human and treat people nicely. Is there? I call yeah. it the golden rule, and it I is. think it's classically called the golden rule, and it is essentially do, like, if you want to say it bibly, biblically, it's like do unto others as you would like to be done unto yep. you, some shit so like that. So is there, so like, thinking, of, thinking about morals, is there anything else you need? Because I feel like that literally solves every issue in the world. I, th I think the I think the difficult piece is figuring out how to apply that rule in different contexts. Why? I like I've I've never found out why is it so hard not to be a shitty human being to people. <laughs> I right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And and yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't think of any examples. And legitimately, all these movements and all these things just involve don't be a shitty human. And. It seems those are the conclusions of them. The the main like subtext is can we all just start treating people one another as you would want to be treated? But why? Like what why 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 don't be a shitty person? Uh why treat others the way you want to be treated? Like the, the like that that there's there's a deeper value underneath underneath that. Well, it's supposed to be simple to to grapple with, you know. I can understand that having my fingernails ripped out from their nail beds would feel like shit. So, that gives me at least the the impetus to imagine how it would feel to somebody else if they were having their fingernails pulled out by the root. Um, and so that 
that me knowing kind of understanding what that would feel like and imagining that onto other people, I think I'm describing empathy is uh is what is kind of is the main basis of it, is empathy and compassion and, but, for your fellow person. Um I, like if I'm struggling with my groceries and someone's opening the door or even if I'm just walking up, like I I find it very courteous and and compassionate of them to hold that door open. Not like I don't judge them if they don't, but like it's it's not like it's not very deep. It's not very complex. It's base level toddler understanding that just you hit somebody. If you were to be hit, how would they make you feel? Like wrap your head with that. And then you should be able to justify not hitting people anymore. Well, anytime you break that rule, does isn't the, isn't like thinking about any time a human would want to break that rule the only rationale I can see a human being like, yeah, I'm going to do something that I wouldn't want done to myself is to uh, like control someone. It's, it's, it's some sort of reason to, I want to be controlling over this other human being. Therefore I'm not going to treat them as I want to be treated. Like the only time you would treat someone by like not paying them well is literally because you want to get further in life in terms of financial gain. The only reason right. you'd want to hit people is to reinforce them not doing an action that you don't like, which will likely benefit you. And so, what, what's what's wrong with doing that? T to be clear, I, you know, I, I share your views of morality, but um, from from the golden rule, you can uh, conclude the evil evil uh, ethic of um, uh, look out for yourself. You know, you can apply empathy. Oh, I know that I can hurt people. You know, I, I know pulling someone's nails that will, will hurt them. Well, I can use that to, to to my advantage and just set up a system so that that never happens to me. Um, you know, I can hire security guards or something, you know, uh, or or uh, manipulate people, whatever. Um, I, I, think that, I think the reason why you, why you would not want that is the... I think that if I reduce the golden rule, that's like positivity. And as you said, the breaking the golden rule is negativity. And positivity is uh, more almost like, I almost want to say always, but more often than not, it's constructive and it's building. It's It, it, it allows you to build upon things, whereas negativity is usually always dest destructive to some capacity and always more destructive than positivity. And I think zero sum. And and so if you live in a society whereby most people were negative and broke this golden rule, uh, you would not have a society. You would not have a, a society that could be sustained over such a large, vast area. You would you would you would reduce everything down to a more tr either tribalistic or individualistic construct. So the the idea of wanting to live in a cohesive, stable uh, society that progresses, I guess, um, that that uh, pushes pushes one towards the the positive interpretation. Yeah, like the, like like the like e e e if 
If you would like to join our Discord commune, uh, you can feel free to message us on social media, whereby, like, the entire idea of it is, like, people create things, and if it, if it, you know, if for some reason you would have an inclination to say it sucks, you're kind of a dick. Like, instead, how can they improve? How could they, how, how, how could we make it better? Um... I'm just because someone spent the time to create something, don't go and shit on them for it. Um, let's help them so they can get to where they want to go. Um, so, yeah. Can I just tack on to that? It's, I think, implied with the, within the golden rule to to think of it like I would like it if I were struggling, if I were drowning for someone to come and help me. So the, the, the impetus of someone coming to help me lies in their feeling that they would want someone else to, to do the same thing, to reciprocate. And so it's the reciprocation of if I do something good, like, maybe maybe people will do something good maybe something good will yeah. come out of this right so so the idea of like if i'm if i like release a song or something and it's uh really like leveled wrong or something i would want someone to to like tell me so that that isn't representing me or misrepresenting me or something like that because you know, those things are important to me. So that kind of gives those people the impetus to go out of their way and kind of help them because you can only kind of really start modeling a society if you start doing a thing, right? So the whole idea of like, I wouldn't want someone to just come up and be a negative prick to my stuff and just not be constructive. I would much rather have people come in and, and be nice and I and like, give constructive feedback and stuff like that and so it's kind of to me that's where it skews it to the positive rather right. than the self-serving I, th I think that's what makes communities worth having societies worth having it's because if, if they're if everyone ideally majority of people are oriented uh, uh with, with, with a constructive approach or positive approach then overall it's a non-zero-sum sort of situation where everyone's helping each other and together you're creating more uh, you're, you're, you're progressing faster than than you would alone i have a yeah like yeah. sorry rather i just want to wrap up the metaphor like rather than the the guy not going out and helping you and then one person is now dead he could go out and help you and and save your life and now two people are alive right so that yeah it's it's the reciprocation obviously there's risk to it but that's because you're drowning in water. It's a lot lower, lower risk if it's like a creative <laughs> yeah. enterprise or something that isn't necessarily going to result in I mean, in a bite. That's what the creative enterprise is. Yeah, oh, Tupac, geez. Biggie. Could, but could... Uh, curiously, if everyone was supportive of one another, would society be able to function? Or would it have to drastically change? You mean like everyone would be a follower 
and no leaders? Is that what you're getting? Not, not, yeah, not necessarily because, you know, you, you could make, cause like you need, when I, when I say it kind of that vaguely, I, I can immediately be like, well, yeah, you know, if the, if the, if the, uh, say 1%, uh, spread the wealth a little bit, everyone would likely be better and we could just all keep our same function, um, in society. But, um, the, I think the idea of, you know, supporting one another allows people to potentially break the conventionalism of what they would otherwise be able to do. Um, so, so for example, uh, 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 right now in society, you go right out of high school and do some trades because you need to make money and that's makes you a lot of money. And that's a conventional thing to do. If you go to university, you likely will be a barista. Um, and uh, sometimes you'll go become a doctor or a lawyer. Um, and then you essentially go work for society. Um, and you may, may or, and you may or may not be doing what you actually love. Because some people, like whatever the outcome of their university experience is, it's not the job that they ultimately want. Um, but if everyone was more positive and supporting of one another, I think people are more likely to actually be built towards what their dream is, what their dream job is. Hmm. Um, so, so, so for example, uh, if, if everyone was ultimately super supportive of one another, because we all have skills that other people don't have, and we've all were willing to donate our skills, I would imagine there would be a lot more people who were semi-successful uh, musicians or artists per se. Right. Because um, they wouldn't have to spend all their time and money working a job they don't want to work. Um, however, if it, under this kind of idea that I'm kind of making an assumption that that's what so this, if everyone was supportive, that's what ended up happening is people would be more likely to get their dream job. Um, would, would society still be able to function? Hmm. So that, that, that that's an interesting question. Uh, I want to, uh, respond to something mm. a bit earlier mm. uh, on just like what, what you mean by support. Mm. And, um, it, it, it seems, it seems like where, where we are now anyways, where there seems to be a less, less than ideal amount of support. Uh, I think that, uh, that results in people not really knowing what they have to offer and like as like as a as an individual like what what are they uniquely good at and what what could they contribute and um they, they they're also not uh really um supported by others in that people other people more experienced people can like point out what uh, like other more experienced people can uh look outward and look at uh look at others and see how they are different from everyone else and what they could do creatively or you know individually if that makes any sense mm -hmm. um so so it seems like tied to uh support is the the idea of or the attitude of looking outward and not being self self-focused and looking at other people and seeing oh wow yeah you're really unique you, you're very good at this you, you can do this and I, I'll, I, I encourage you to be yourself 
you know, because because ultimately, I think yeah. I think that still goes like for me anyway. I, I I don't know if a lot of people, maybe I'm more self aware, but like that's how I like to be treated because that's so I, that's how I treat other people. I if if I have a I want people to be interested and supporting of me and what I want to do with my life. Therefore, I will be supporting and interested in what other people want to do with their life, and I'll be like, okay, how can I help? Um, but I I don't right. think a lot of people think about it that way. They just think about it in good versus bad. Hmm. I, I, I think, so I, I want to take a stab at answering your question, mm -hmm. whether or not society would change. Um, I think, so I think first off, I think society mm -hmm. would be a much better place if people were to kind of take a more not out for themselves, non-individualistic approach, because I think at some point in the lineage of North America, we adopted a very mm -hmm. individualistic approach, and that became very conventional, wherein everyone became out for themselves. You, you had this idea, and I can just you know, manipulate people and exploit people and I can make it, you know, I can have that million dollars, I can do all that. And, and so it's, that's kind of been ingrained in our society that, well, one person can do it all. But I think nowadays that's, that's not necessarily the case anymore. Like some people can do certain things, some people can do other things. And what society really, really appreciates nowadays is people being able to do like one good thing really well or something like that, a couple good things really well. There's not like the jack of all trades isn't like a, 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 a good approach towards things anymore. But that's kind of how people were, were approaching things beforehand. Um, and so they were like, well, I have all of these skills. I can just accomplish it on my own. But it doesn't lead them enough time to develop their skills properly. And so at some point, individualism became conventional because everybody was able to do it. And I don't, like I said, I don't think that's possible anymore. Um, and so now if we were to uh, adopt a more kind of golden rule approach where you know people are more inclined to go out of their way to help people um because you know because um not not because it like can get them somewhere but because it can get them both somewhere um i think that that makes a lot more sense nowadays with social media with how much just noise there is out there it's very difficult for one people to be one person to be able to manage all of that and so it's like playing to your strengths right having that communal aspect allows everyone to play into their strengths and so if we if we stopped this whole individual centric idea and this is very communist like marxist shit that i'm saying but it's like if we all got together and collectivized your skills, then as a super unit, you're more likely to make it and you're more likely to progress. And so if people like in society buy into this, then I think if there's like a common established morality that you're going for, a common goal that you're going for, then it's more likely that you're going to accomplish that um, because you have all of these people playing into their strengths rather than 
uh, falling for their pitfalls and weaknesses and, and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, I think the main thing is, is society would definitely change. It would be a lot more progressive. It would be a lot more sustainable. We wouldn't fuck around with stuff like climate change anymore. We would just be like, we're making this change. It's happening. Because at this point, it's not like an individual can make a difference in climate change. Like we've been fed this idea that, oh, if I recycle my my cans, I'll make such a big difference. If I go buy organic, it makes such a big difference. It saves the world. But we're past that point now. There's too many people. There's too much for us to just kind of be a, a single unit anymore. So you you have to have systemic change all at once. And you can't accomplish that as a single person, right? Is, is that systemic change bottom up or top down? It's bottom up. 100% has to be bottom up because the top down approach is individualistic. It's self-serving at its at its core. Think because of, you have a you president, you have yeah. a president or a prime minister like Trump or Trudeau who they're just a public head. They're just they're not actually in charge of shit. They're just like a a guy who just takes shit for like Trump. Trump is fucking crazy. The, but um they're just like a figurehead, right? It makes more sense that it, it would be a group, a community of people to make change rather than just like, it would be really nice if Trudeau really pushed for stuff, but he doesn't have the time and likely doesn't have the skills to do everything by himself that everyone wants to see him do. I think from even a visual, like an, 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 an analogous visual, I think it has to be bottom up versus top down because if you just based on that analogy you're already drawing a pyramid if you try to stand a pyramid on the top it's weight distribution it's going to fall over whereas if you go bottom up your bottom is way larger than the top of your pyramid therefore it's the foundation of everything therefore it has to come from a bottom up standpoint at least that's how i think about science it. right i i think um, something I'm getting hung up on is is the use of individualism. Uh, I, I I feel like everything that you described is quite individualistic. It's not necessarily collectivist. Like like the golden rule to 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 me is a very individualistic principle. It's it's the assumption of uniqueness in other people, you know. And there's at least my my understanding of collectivism and, and, and like yeah, connotations associated with it is. That it's it's based on assumption of equality, that you know, like we're, we're all the same. Um, whereas individualism is more like we're all we're all different. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, I I guess that's really I I, I, I do I do think it's it's like it's an individualistic approach to meet a group goal. Like it's very in a weird way, it's like really yeah, tribalistic yeah. when I say it like that. Um, but it's kind of everyone just has to get on the same page in terms of just basically supporting each other, um, versus we need to have, or a, have ambition, we need to really. learn how to like, cause, 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 cause I think yeah, a lot of it yeah. is, it's like people, I, I, I don't think, you know, if I go to someone in the grocery store and I ask him for, you know, do you think this is a bad idea? I don't think anyone's going to be like, no, that's a shitty idea. We should not support anyone. But it, if you, but I feel like a lot of people uh, bought buy into the conventionalism so hard 
that they don't realize their potential or ambition elsewhere. So I think it's kind of like as individuals, right. you have to unlock other people's ambition and um, true life goals. And hopefully we don't do it so hard that we no longer have grocery store workers because I don't actually imagine <laughs> they would want to do that. But um, well, that's that's the dream, isn't it? Like the the society that I AI. imagine in the future is is one of people just playing into their strengths, artisans, yep. creators, uh, people who just make things. Because if if you include your tribe to be 7 billion people, and, and now that's the tribe that you're talking for, and the tribe goal is to create a society in which everybody's treated well and and you know we're all trying to unlock the best in each other like like it sounds so optimistic and idealistic but if that's that's the future and everyone kind of buys into it especially with automation it's bound to happen that we don't have grocery store workers anymore it's already super hard to find people like kids aren't interested in working shitty jobs anymore and everyone calls them entitled but why would you want to waste your life working at a shitty job. That's not an entitled opinion. That's reasonable. So it's, it's to me, like automation's going to get us to a point, and maybe it doesn't, but if it does, automation's going to get us to a point that we don't need to have these shitty jobs and people can stop, you know, they're already, UBI is such a thing, uh, like a, a fantasy right now, but it all starts somewhere. In 50 years, it might not be a fantasy. In 20 years, in five years, it might not even be a fantasy. It might be happened. Like people, the the increase in productive productivity brought on by automation, people aren't going to need to work anymore. And so when you when you when you expand the creative, the 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 supportive landscape, because I think like People don't want to support creative people because there's a lot of like, oh, fuck that guy. He's going and doing what he loves. Why can't I do that? If if everybody was just doing what they loved, well, you would never have those types anymore, right? And so if... There'd be no if, resentment. Yeah, really so good. there's no resentment. We're a resentless society all of a sudden because robots have freed us from our chains and and we can all just create. And the most... Supportive communities that I found are fellow creators, are people who are trying to do their thing and just trying to make it. And so if everyone's on the same page, like you don't have to be Drake. You don't have to be Billie Eilish. You can just get by on like 20,000 views on YouTube. And that's 20,000, you know, even if they're just other creators watching your stuff, that's 20,000 people. And so that's kind of how I imagine the future is uh, robots doing all the hard lifting and we just kind of like fuck around and create and support each other and, and love one another and shoot rockets out to Mars and start colonizing these fucking stars, bars. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think it's an important question to, to ask. What, 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 what does the ideal future look like? Is, is the future what, you know, the idea of future would have been maybe a hundred years ago where everyone has a good job and stable job and they can, you know, basically what America was in the fifties, I guess. White picket fence, little dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the American dream. Or, or is it something else where it's totally aesthetic and spiritual, you know, everyone's just creating and 
trying to live life the way I want they want to live it. I think it's yeah, I think I think it's true like question when you when you really get down to if everyone bought into the golden rule it would be that everyone it's 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 not a materialistic thing. It's like have my basic needs met. Let me enjoy my life. Let me if I wanted to go see the pyramids of Egypt, I can. Whereas right now, you can't go do that. And so people kind of conflate this American dream with I want a really, really nice house with a white picket fence. But I think that really, that's not the real story. It's just I want to live to do what I can do. I want to live on my terms. And I and and go for it. Well, I think that like, like, I I might be misassuming the the definition of individualism, but I do kind of associate individualism as that idealistic, like American dream, uh, white picket fence that everyone was fed in the '30s and '50s. Like I I definitely associate it with that. So in in my head, that's the convention that people are so dissatisfied with. They don't want to work a nine to five just to go home to, you know, their wife and kids. They want to work on their terms so that they can chill with their kids whenever the fuck they want. Like, you don't want to just have to carve out a third of your life just to afford to live. And I don't think, I think that most people, especially kids nowadays, really fucking feel that well, way it's, too. It's, it's, it's even, just adding on to that, it's even tough because... If you if you carve out a third of your life to to just to sustain yourself, um, and that third of your life you're not enjoying, well, you already lost the other one third to sleeping, and then the other one third has to involves utilizing said money you made in the first one third of your day to not die. Meaning, if you want to, you know, live a long, healthy life, you now have to spend that last one third that you have remaining cooking, cleaning, trying to be healthy in terms of working out. Um, and then at that point, you know, acknowledging that you have a family. Um, and then at that point, it's like, oh, my day's done. I never actually at any point in that 24 hours did anything for myself um, beyond just trying to live. Um, and it's okay. Once you get to 65, it, it's all it's you get that uh, you get that extra third. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know, right. but. They start paying back but slowly. Maybe but but maybe hopefully, 75. well, they're going to push the retirement age back to seventy, I think, because people are living too but, damn long, man. You got to tax them longer, get more work out of them, squeeze well, that sponge a little fucking harder. They're living longer, so they can work longer. So then you get a nice fifteen years of RV trips and <laughs> RV trips. <laughs> And then yeah, I was going to say, like, and, yeah. and hopefully during that first 65 years of your life, you were actually taking your health seriously. Otherwise, you won't be able to appreciate it because you're like, no, I want to go to the Egyptian pyramids in this one thing and not, you know, spend my time at the gym working out or eating healthy. I want to go to the movie and eat this popcorn. So you cashed in so early that by the time you actually get to cash in and have time for your dreams, you're like, oh, I'm paying hospital bills or oh, I'm on the hospital bed, or oh, my hip hurts. I can't go for that hike up to the ruins of the Aztec ruins or something. Um, 
And it's not even this is a new idea. Like I'm thinking like the do you guys ever read the uh Death of a Salesman play or, or seen it or there's a movie I think with uh Hoffman Just own it. Just do it. Just do it. I don't know. It's Hoffman. Mark Hoffman. <laughs> I don't know who, who it is. Um Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's no. Matt Damon. Maybe. It's Matt Damon. Anyways. It's Matt Damon now. Uh yeah. It's <laughs> It's Nick Cage and Matt Damon star in it. Um, but it it kind of, it goes over the subject matter. And it was like, it was written in like the 50s or 60s. And it kind of outlines like um, how this is always a struggle with the new generation is we we have to kind of grapple with the reality that you have to pay the bills and you have to do that and and abandon your aspirations and and not do what you wanted to do with your life and like uh in in the play the main guy he's a salesman and he like has essentially wasted his entire life trying to sell socks i think and spoiler alert um he yeah i think he dies i it makes sense that he dies it's a tragedy um but he has the son and his son like wants to be like a football star. And he like always tells the son, like, you can't make it. I think Biff, Biff, you can't make it. You're never going to make it, Biff. And there's like his dad. And so like, it's the whole idea, like the American dream was supposed to be like, I want to be so successful that I can just do what I want to do. But at some point, people just got so caught up with the nine to five struggle of of living and stuff like that, that they just their their dreams aside and then and then let essentially their dreams die um and so it's like this nice meta critique on how the american dream is is really dead because no one's dreaming anymore they're just kind of like working all their lives and and aspiring to this white picket fence that they're wasting their entire lives for so like these aren't these aren't new ideas. Like we just need to finally be the generation to break these fucking shackles. Like the millennials, um, which demographic we're a part of, uh, is like one of the largest demographics ever. Like it's where we, because people are making more people and more people are living, more children are on the planet right now than there are like old people. And so eventually we're just going to be like, no, we're, we're sick and tired of working with like this because eventually like there's going to be like that critical mass of, of the majority of the population, I guess, is going to be willing to break that convention and start fucking away with that because like, yeah, it's, it's, it's been so drummed into us and the hippies tried it but they didn't have the numbers now that we really have like infant mortality essentially like really padded down it's it's dropping all the time uh people are living longer like better when they're younger and stuff like that like they're not so much uh child death and stuff like that so there's going to be more kids and there's going to be more people not willing to do this bullshit and so i think it's just inevitable that we just break out of it and we be the we be the generation I- to finally do it Keep, I think keep it's fighting a, people. I think it's a, a addition job. of not only, you know, the the say the hippies didn't have the numbers. It's also we also have the ease of communication now, whereas before. Fuck yeah, we can make a Woodstock happen in even... like two hours. Like fucking get get uh James Charles on the phone. Like right, yes, that's James that's Charles, that guy's name, right? The guy who, yeah, 
James Charles, get James Charles on the phone. We got a fucking. I, here's Coachella the thing. I don't know. If, I don't know if James Charles follows our ideals right now. Well, which is which is should. which is another another entire weird story of like famous people who could literally say one tweet and someone becomes famous, but they don't. I don't get it. I literally <laughs> right. don't understand. Right. Yeah. It is like the most infuriating infuriating yeah. thing ever. Um, because like, is someone going to eventually? Is someone literally going to eventually be like, okay, you're plugging too many? I mean, maybe, maybe if you're doing it like every day, but still, it's it's weird. Yeah, that is weird. But like these people that we have, like that have sixty-three million followers or one hundred and fifty million followers, they have the legitimate voices to go and and actually affect a change. Like yeah. they can be leaders. They just choose not to for some fucking reason. I'll tell you and decide why. To I'll tell you why they choose not to make more uh, money. I guess. Well, well they're corporate I mean, chills, Tyler. <laughs> maybe, um, but no, it's. They're just trying to lock us into it's, the convention. They, the fucking I mean, they kind of nine are, to five like, bullshit. Uh, this this brought up into my head the this uh, f- uh, Jeffrey Star tweet at some point where where Jeffrey Star started like attacking people quite recently. It was like within the last half year. Um, in terms of like uh, uh, the way the ways Twitter works is if he sends out a tweet, you can tweet at it something kind of completely irrelevant but then everyone who clicks on your tweet can see your reply essentially um so this this apparently how 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 jeffrey sees it is there's just one person who continually uh posted on every one of his tweets just randomly saying hey i do makeup too come check me out and jeffrey star's response was essentially go fuck yourself i busted my ass to get here stop piggybacking off of me and i'm just like Okay, you're you're yeah. It's like, resentment. Why, though. why do you, you have it's to such haze high every, level resentment? Like, why is there have to be a hazing to get where you want to get? It makes no sense. Like to me, I'm just like that. Kind of makes you a garbage human because you're requiring people to suffer to get there. And I don't think you need to suffer to people to get what they want to do. If especially if that's their skill and what they want, like they actually have a legitimate skill doing that. It's also not democratic. I mean, the ideal uh, world. I think for for creatives would be that you just like press a button and you get immediately connected to all the people who'll be interested in your stuff. Yeah, like just immediate promotion. Yep. And and <laughs> it just main vein into think, your w- fan base. And I think one thing that we have to um, we have to also touch upon is um, Gunner. You said a, a, a while ago that, that that you know this might be in a. a idealistic idea um that you know everyone's functioning on this perfect more moral scale and then it's been making me think for the last 20 minutes where and tell me if you would disagree i do not think that this i ideology this idealistic ideology breaks at any point in in size because i think a lot of people would go to being like oh well that's you know that that has some sort of communistic undertones or something like that once you get to a certain size of society it it no longer functions where where if you build something intimately i i can't see it 
not function at any size. Um, and then if you have anyone who's a bad egg, you just remove them. Just remove them. Just get rid of the, just get rid of, just get rid of that cancerous tumor. Um, so just murder everybody who is revolutionaries. I, he, like, See, I, I, that's, I don't even, that's, that's not, that's breaking the, no, that's I, breaking I, the rule. You have to yeah, not play on I, their well, field though, right? Like do unto others as you, if I was a negative prick and if I have ever been a negative prick in the past, it's not because I hated a person or their things or whatever. It's because deep down and like back to us having this psychology degree, deep down it was seated in a in a yeah. resentment of myself. Something was going on internally that forced me to be outwardly aggressive and 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 demonstrably mm -hmm. negative towards somebody else. If I ever bullied anybody or said somebody like said some video on YouTube was shit or whatever like that, it all stems from an internal place. And so I think that if you have those people who are like, um, you know, I don't know, whatever, like haters, it's you, you have to look at it next level. You have to kind of be like, well, I remember being a hater myself. Why, why was I doing that? Well, maybe it was because like we didn't have food at home much or fuck. I did, wasn't allowed to play a video game last night. You know, shit's petty. Um, but it was those reasons. So, so looking at it, if somebody could come at me and say compassionately, like, Hey, what's going on? Like, I understand, like, like you might not have liked something that someone did, but w what's going on? Why do you have this inclination to be so negative? Why do you have this inclination to be, and like, you have to acknowledge that people's thoughts are really easy to manifest out outwardly. Like it's really easy to just say things and, and do things and, and whatever, but it's hard to be properly um, understood. It's like almost impossible. So if someone's saying something that you think sounds like really aggressive and mean, maybe it's just that they don't understand how to be understood. So then you come at it this way, like how can we better uh, work on your communication abilities. How can we understand what is the low underlying psychological basis that's causing you to be so negative towards people? Because that, I don't think, is a normal state for people to be in. And I think it's just because we've been put in a really uncomfortable, contortionists, three by three by three glass box as people. And that's not our natural states. We don't just kind of like to be to 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 incite individualism, but we don't fit in little boxes. All of us, we have little pokey edges that they don't constrain to those specific boxes. So, I think that if you ever encounter the negativity, it's not like yep. you need to nix the people. It's not like you need to just Australia <laughs> them. It it that requires a deeper understanding of of where people are actually coming to, from. To add on to that, I think I think it's also fair to say that and I've seen a lot of memes about this this week, apparently, um, where, you know, if, if if there is someone who is toxic and not going towards that ideal, just like drown them in positivity. 
like legitimately like don't 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 have some sort of like inflammatory response of being like oh i'm here i'm gonna say something that's gonna change your opinion or 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 i'm going to you know whatever just be like either a ignore them or 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 b i wouldn't probably ignore them right away i'd probably be like a i hope you're having a good day <laughs> yeah hope hope everything's well and uh you know if 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 at some point if like they're like spam like say just social media they're spamming you every day just be like um i you know hope that uh you find yourself to come into a to to potentially find that you know you have the strength to join our positive movement um uh i'm gonna you know have to focus my energies elsewhere uh for this next couple weeks so i won't be able to respond but you know carry on with your day and i hope you find happiness um because i think that i and i think that that if you do that you know you don't have to you know you don't have to like send them to Australia or, or, or kill them. Um, you, you just drown them in happiness. And, 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 and the, and the, 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 there's three ways that people become justified in their negativity usually is a, you try to change their opinion. So that validates their opinion Two, you straight up ignore them. So people take that as you're trying, you're, you're successfully ignore, uh, uh, annoying them or, or, or three, if at any point you say something ultimatumly, like, I'm going to stop talking to you or block you, then they're like, heck yeah, look, I'm making a difference, even though it's a negative difference. I'm making a difference. Let me screenshot that you blocked me and then post it on my Twitter being like, look at this jerk blocking me. But if you just kind of be nice the entire time and then say something along the effect of, I'll talk to you later, but I hope you're doing well. I think you'll, I, I, it'll take a bit, but I think you'll eventually just diffuse all negativity until the point everyone's like, yeah, being positive is great. I think it's like a core tenet of Buddhism, the, the idea of just treating everyone with compassion. Like, uh, like the solution is always so something derived from compassion. Uh, so, yeah, t treating people um, who are you know, awful to you with like s some sort of guarded positivity. <laughs> Um, there's this, um, Buddhist guy that I like his, his, uh, writings. He's, his name is, uh, Thich Nhat Han, and he is a, uh, a Buddhist monk from Vietnam and he was there during the Vietnam war. And I remember reading him tell a story of, um, there was a, a, a younger monk and, and a, a U.S. soldier drove by and spit on him as they drove by. And the monk was like really upset and he was considered jo considering joining the Viet Cong as a result of this horrible disrespect. But, but in, in the writings, and I might be somewhat mis misinterpreting it or, or misremembering it rather, um, but Thich was like, you need to understand that they're here doing something that they don't want to do. This soldier is, he's a 19 year old boy and he's being put in such a position and you like, you need to rather than treat that aggressively respond with a smile and, and stuff like that. And it's very, some might call it like cowardly, like that guy just spat in my face and I have to smile at him. Um, 
like I know that right wings would call him a cuck nowadays. Um, but at at some level, there's that distinguishing that this is a person and and that they have their own sets of needs and and their own psychological requirements that are causing them to be outwardly aggressive to you. And if you want to achieve peace within yourself, you have to let go of those kind of negative outward emotions and just only express love and and peace. And even if it causes them to kill you, you have to live principled. You have to always spread, you know, love, peace. We're just people. Because, like, I really do believe in the idea to kill them with kindness. You cannot have hate when people are just loving you. Like, Donald Trump, he's just, when you think about it, he's just a scared old guy who who he's in way over his head. He likely has Alzheimer's. That's Nobody's a negative thought, supporting Connor. him. And it might sound... <laughs> no, but he might. I said he might. But that's positive. Like, I want to help him. He needs treatment. He Aren't needs understanding. Like, have, and it might be uh, like... That could help Alzheimer's research. You're doing everything you can. Yeah, Tyler and I... Uh, yeah. We're we're trying, Mister Trump, but the 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 tenant is is that we can't respond to Donald Trump and with hatred, and as and as almost like cowardly, and you'll get nowhere with that. Uh, it may seem you'll actually get further than if you were to treat him with no respect, call him a little-handed monkey orangutan, and and say that he has a small dick. Like if you just Gave if you walked into the White House right now and just gave him a big old fucking hug and and stroked his hair and just held him like a baby for a bit and just like said, Donald, it's okay. Like it's it's not your fault. It's okay. He would probably start to cry and be like, <laughs> I know, I know, it's not my fault. It's <laughs> the rush. I don't know what he would say. But I really think that if you approach people who are putting hate into the world, if you approach them with love and compassion, then there's no way that they can, you can't sustain a fire in a downpour of positivity. Um, It's virtually impossible. The counter conventional approach. Like it's, it's conventional to respond with aggression to hate. Um, Like it's just sort of automatic in us. Although that, I guess that might be debatable if you're if you're like a trained Zen monk or something and you're just so used to uh, pressing the positivity button, uh, I don't know. But uh, anyways, just, just tying it back to conventionalism, it, it, it seems like engaging the empathy uh, uh, mode uh, is is an aspect of uh, being non-conventional with people. And, and yeah, there's, so the, the opposite of like empathy is, is fear, right? And so what, what the, I would say, um, because, because it really walls you off to any further like ideals or understanding or anything like that. It really is like, it's, it's based in fear. It's based in like if someone hates you 
because you're doing music. It's because they fear that they've wasted their life not pursuing their dreams or something like that. If someone hates on you for doing something like like um, spreading love, it's because they they fear that they might not be able to properly address their issues so that they can love people. And, and, and so like, there's a lot of psychological hangups that people will have that, that prevent them from, from uh, reaching like a compassionate state. But I think, so like what I'm trying to say is that it's not our base level. I think that it requires like the attentiveness of a, of a Zen monk. They spend their whole lives pressing that button so that they can easily press that button. I think that our basis as a human is very animalistic where we're just chimps that ran away from Africa and started talking to each other. Like we're no, we're no different than that, but it's time for us to kind of ascend because one of the principles in Buddhism is you're, you have multiple minds. You have your reptilian mind. He's in charge of like uh, breathing and stuff like that. That's neuroscience. But then you have your uh, monkey mind and that's your, constantly chattering head or your or your thoughts that are, are constantly chattering and he's like a little monkey posed over a, over a branch just like nimbly crafting constantly like doing monkey noises and so that's i think where people are right but where zen monks are they have ascended they've they've become more human more archetypically human because they've ascended away from this primal monkey state of just having fear and they can see the nuance in the world and the compassion that it requires to be approached with and all of these other aspects of it because they've been able to quiet that little monkey manic little monkey mind in their head who's just like eating little bananas or something like that's how i imagine these thoughts in my head um and so that's kind of the i i don't think that it's base level. I think that it requires strategic right. practice. And I think the the ability to practice is is much more it's exponentially increased if people have other people that they can express these things with. And if it's like like a safe space, like if I can just openly discuss whatever I want and 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 feel safe and not attacked, then people can more reasonably come at me without hate and and they come at me with understanding i think that as a whole is a better way to live cool all right so yes. so we'll have to blend um oh my video cut out can you still hear me <laughs> good okay uh so, yep. so we'll have to blend um some zen buddhism with with uh with some mormonism and uh some somali piracy uh then all together we'll have Somali yeah. pirate Buddhists. Uh, then all together we'll have um the, the, the perfect religion uh to invade Gabriola with. Is that is that what you're saying? You know, it's really funny that I like I just want to say like that we're like, oh, we need to like go and do this and that and pick and choose and stuff like that. But I really do think that the best way to go about doing stuff is to just like Go and pick the uh, positive ideals that you want to live by from a place, like the Bible, like the Quran, like uh, whatever, uh, and then just live by them. So even though there's a connotation of like Mormons and pirates, really all we want 
really all we're saying is we want to be a family-based <laughs> naval society. <laughs> It's beautiful. All right, and that was episode 026, a discussion on conventionalism and the golden rule and uh, our naval society dreams. Uh, remember that everything that we say has not been fact-checked, and if you agree or disagree with us, we would love to hear you. Uh, you can find us on various social media platforms. Uh, I'm going to just plug Twitter. Uh, whereby you can find me at Tyler J. Wenzel, you can find Teo at Teo Gady, and you can find Gunner at Gunner Reese, uh, which is R-H-Y-S. R-H-Y-S. Um, you can also, if you would like, uh, if you like this discussion and what uh, we believe in, we also have a Discord server that uh, has, that, that facilitates these type of ideals. Um, and these values and uh, where we just kind of share whatever we're creating and we just try to support um, each other and uh, create a community where we all help each other with our various skills that we have. Um, if you and what is like, a Discord server? It's, it's the Infinite Monkey server. If you would like to join currently, <laughs> the easiest way would be to tweet at one of us and we will give you an invitation <laughs> link. Um, Excellent. And, and it's a place where we can, where we have various voice and text channels and we to support each other with creativity yeah like we have jam rooms where people can just come in and literally pipe in whatever they're working on musically um or even come to just uh experience the process see what people are working on you can be a fly on the wall and all that stuff yeah you don't have to come in and post things or but it's very entertaining and this is episode 026 and we are out peace out see you guys Potato chips, all I want is potato chips. Potato chips, how my mouth does be potato chips. Oh, drip, 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 crunch, crunch. I don't want no lunch, all I want is potato chips. Potato chips, how my mouth does be potato chips. Oh, drip, drip,